what it is. Do we look at it? Yeah, you can look at it. I know what it is. Okay, well, what, open it. Let's see. It's, it's a cell phone. It's not it's for calling people. It's a cell phone. It looks like. It looks like. Dial your mom's number. So see. Can you dial it? Okay, on the wheel. Well, where do you think? It's here. Okay. Seven, eight. Oh, I know how to do this. Wait, no, you have to do it again. Ugh. How do people work these things for? Three, no, three, and then a six. Oh, three, then six? Yeah, you said that. <laughs> Did you forget the number it took so long? <laughs> you think of any problems that, that come up? What if you weren't at home? That's the in there. Oh, wait. Well, how do you plug it into the car? This right here. That. Will that fit in your back pocket? Uh, yeah. This whole thing? Oh, no. You gotta take the whole thing. No. So if you had to choose, which phone would you like to have right now? What brings you joy? Friends, family. I'm when I'm not at school. Uh, I play with my sister. You don't have a sister. What about, I know you like to dance. When I get to cook in the kitchen. How does your family bring joy to other people? By sharing their money. We made like little bags of either gloves, hats, being able to go around um, cities sometimes and just handing them out to the poor and the homeless. Um, she invites people over like Thanksgiving or Christmas for like Halloween and stuff. Sometimes at Christmas we um, give bags of cookies. What would give you the most joy this Christmas? Um, spending time with my family and friends and getting lots of presents. Find them the snow. Um, Santa can bring you toys. Um, we should be bad. Can you show me what joy looks like? Mm -hmm. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest happy face you could make? Merry Christmas, everyone. It's great to see you. In fact, we have all these different campuses. We should just give a really happy Merry Christmas to everyone at each of our other campuses, Bel Air, Abingdon, Mountain Road, and Edgewood, and online as well. So one, two, three, say Merry Christmas. One, two, three. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and if you're a guest, we're really glad you're with us as well. Hey, let's get started. And can I just give you a gift right out the gate? Can I do that? Because some of you look honestly a little stressed out. Like you could use a good laugh, honestly. And, and what, what's... What's better to make us laugh than laughing babies? Am I right? So prepare for the best 40 seconds of your day. You're welcome. Watch the screen. Boom! <laughs> 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 
That's a pretty good way to have uh, Christmas Eve. Um, all right, now, if, if that didn't bring just like a little bit of a smile to your face, you might be a little grumpy, okay? I'm just saying, you might be a little grumpy. It's okay if you're grumpy. There's a lot of things to be grumpy about. It seems like this time of year, there's especially a lot to be grumpy about, isn't there? Uh, like last week, I had to go to the Towson Town Center, which is like, I would rather have a root canal, I'm telling you. And it's like the worst time of year. And I had to go to the Apple Store. And the place is jam-packed, and I hate being there. And everyone who's there is mad because their phone doesn't work, or they wouldn't be there. And then there's all these hipster millennials who work there trying to explain the power button function on an iPhone to another, you know, boomer like me. It was just, it was a very tense environment. No, it was not exactly happy, happy, joy, joy, let me tell you. In fact, it was honestly a little more like this guy right here. Like, joy to the world. No. Just not doing, not having that. You ever felt like that? Just like no time for joy. If we can just kind of cut right to it uh, today and be honest, let, let's just acknowledge out the gate that sometimes, sometimes it's hard to feel joy, isn't it? You know, uh, beneath all of the uh, smiles and Christmas sweaters that we wear on a day like today, um, there's... Life is hard sometimes, and there's discouragement. And the people seated right next to you, they're carrying around inside of them some of the same things you are. Some discouragement or some sadness about something, a lot of worry. Sometimes we have anger right beneath the surface. And some of that can really crowd out joy and I think we all know that we need a little more than a laughing baby video to kind of fix it all. And yet what we really want is joy. <laughs> I think it's like hardwired into us. We, we love joy. We want it. Uh, the, the laughing baby kind of strikes a chord inside of us in a way. We've been talking in the last few weeks about something we've called Strange Christmas. Uh, strange Christmas. And every so often you see some strange things at Christmas. Like there, there, are, there have been this year some strange gifts out there. Like here's a strange gift, for example. I, I don't know what that is or who you would give that to or why, but that's, that's just strange, isn't it? I don't know what that is. I saw a town that put up some strange decorations. Check this out. Like I don't think they thought this through completely when they... I'll just... I'll leave that up just briefly and then let's get rid of that. So we've, we've been talking about some strange gifts that God has given us because of Christ at Christmas. We talked about a strange love that's so strange because it's love that just never ends. We've talked about a strange peace that's strange because even though circumstances sometimes get you ruffled, you, you can have peace in the middle of it. Today we want to talk about strange joy. Strange joy. So think about a time when you've really experienced a lot of joy. Think about a time you were just like really, really joyful. So, I mean, a lot of things can create that for us. Like maybe just as simple as finding your car keys, you know. It's like, oh boy. Or finishing a crossword puzzle or something silly like that. Or winning a game at Fortnite for some of you. Or, or uh, you know, your contestant on The Voice wins. There's a little bit of joy, I suppose. But there's bigger joys like finishing finals or, or uh, I have, we have some friends who are expecting. And when, when those ladies tell one another 
that they're expecting. Oh my goodness, it's like watching schoolgirls. They grab each other by the shoulder and jump up and down like, oh, it's like so much joy. And it's, it's kind of fun to watch. Or have you seen those videos where like someone's been in the military for a long time and they bring them home as a surprise? And, and you know, some kid's at the cafeteria and doesn't know it and looks over their shoulder and there's mom or dad and their fatigues and the happy reunion is there and the joy just bubbles out. I had one of those kind of joyful moments about a year ago now. If you're a sports fan, you'll know what I'm talking about when I tell you it was the Minnesota Miracle. Okay, if you're not a sports fan, let me explain. Big Minnesota Viking fan, so the Vikings were in the playoffs, and if they won this game, they went to the championship, went to the Super Bowl. It's very, very exciting, but it happened to land on a day when some friends had sent us on a trip. So I'm on an airplane with Carla, and as I'm driving there, I'm watching the game on my phone. And then we're going to the airport. We're getting on the plane, so watching the game on my phone. We get up in the air, still watching the game. The lights go out, and everyone's quiet and going to sleep, and I'm watching the game on the phone. Well, unfortunately, the game unfolds. Uh, poorly for us and we come down to the end there's only 10 seconds left we're going to lose the game we've got we've got the ball we got a last ditch effort so our quarterback case came in backs up he just heaves up a prayer you know the ball goes up in the air somehow though Stefan Diggs from the Vikings jumps up and grabs the ball and the other guy misses him <laughs> and the Viking guy runs 61 yards into the end zone time expires Vikings win guys are throwing their helmets and jumping and celebrating and hugging and high-fiving and I'm on an airplane with the lights out and I can't make a sound I'm like, Dog. I'm going nuts. I climb over like three people and I go into the bathroom just so I can pump my fist and get excited and celebrate. I actually took a picture just to prove what it's like <laughs> when, you, when you have a lot of joy that you got to let out somehow. I'm sure they wonder what was going on in the bathroom. They're just hearing these sounds like, you know, <laughs> talk about a strange Christmas. Some of you know... Um, we had, we had a, some real joy in our family just this last week. Our oldest son, Nathan, um, proposed and got engaged to his girlfriend, Abigail, and uh, they're going to get married. So that was just great news and a lot of fun. She's awesome. He's all right, too. And, and, um, <laughs> but just when, 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 uh, when, when they called just to share the news, you could just feel the joy coming through the phone, you know, and see the smile on their face and all that. And it can become our joy as well. Um, we love joy, you know? We long for it. We want more of it. And it's sweet when you get it. But isn't it also true? Isn't it also true that joy is kind of slippery? Like it's hard to hold on to. When you get a little moment in life that feels like joy, it's like it slips through your fingers. Like the Vikings gave me a little taste of joy, but they've been mostly a disappointment ever since. And for every couple that's excited and joyful about their future, there's another that can tell you some sorrowful stories about their past. And not every baby is laughing. Sometimes they're in hospitals hooked up to tubes. Not every military person comes home, right? Joy is, is tricky. It's like the flower is there and then the petals fall off. Can we ever really have joy. Can we ever really keep it, hold it? So we need to read the Christmas story. It's Christmas, right? So let's do that. Let's go to the scriptures, Luke chapter 2. We'll jump in at verse 8. This is the day Jesus is born, okay? It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the flocks, in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. 
And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let's let me take you back to, to verses 10 and 11, because I feel like there's some angels that need to show up here today for us. There's some folks that need to get the message that the angels brought then, and you need to get it today. And it's this, don't be afraid, because God is here to bring good news that will bring what? Great joy. To whom? All people. Why? Because the Lord, this Messiah, the Savior, has been born today. Do you know that you can have and possess and keep joy that's lasting and real? You can. Did you know that God wants you to have that joy? That's how you can have it. Is The God who hardwired the desire for joy into your heart is the God that some people think is the big meanie who wants to spoil your fun. But God is the one who provides a way for us to have joy. Jesus himself would say in, in John chapter 15, verses 9 and 11, Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. It's the love of, of God that he invites us to remain in. And then he says, if we do, you will be filled with my joy. You can be filled with the joy of Jesus. That's how you find joy. In fact, it can be overflowing in us. I want to tell you about this joy that you are meant to have. You are meant to have it, and it's a joy that you can hold and keep, but there's three kind of strange things about it, and I hope you walk out of here with a different kind of joy today. Let me tell you about this joy that you can have. Number one, the first strange thing about it is it's larger you can have a joy, but it's larger than a lot of us we sometimes think. What do we mean by that? We mean this, that Jesus doesn't come to offer a joy to you and me that's this small little private personal happiness, a sort of private nirvana tranquility, some kind of escapist avoidance. No, no, no. So you can run away with, with God and sort of enjoy a sort of freedom from all the stress and ugliness of a broken world. No, that is not the joy. That's the joy we sometimes think we want. Just get away from it, go to have a spa day, and I'll find some joy. Well, you need a spa day once in a while, I'm sure, but 
but that's not going to lead to real joy. We're talking about a joy that's larger, where Jesus comes and lands on the planet to kick into motion a plan that is meant to really fix the whole broken world. Jesus is here not just to offer a few people a sort of better life. Jesus is here to put everything to rights. As he would say, I'm making all things new. If you allow yourself to look around at the world, you can admit maybe in a moment of honesty, if we ever put your phone down long enough to think and get quiet, we can recognize the world's a little messed up. It's not working right. There's a lot of things. You can see a lot of injustice. You can see a lot of pain all around us, a lot of struggle of a broken world. You're aware, aren't you, that the, that the world sometimes sucks? It sucks joy out of us. Sucks life out of us. You look around and you take it to stock when you see starving children and nuclear weapons and environmental disaster and forest fires and opioid epidemics robbing our youth and suicide rates on the rise and political unrest from birth defects to bipolar disorder to breast cancer to, to, to bullying. I mean, it, there's so much that's wrong with the world and the, if you... If you Go look on the internet for how to stay happy. It'll tell you, make some happy friends, sleep a lot, eat good food and go to the spa. Well, that's great, but friends, that's not a large joy. That makes us smaller in our worldview. And the joy that Jesus came to announce when he landed on the planet as the Messiah, the promised one who's come, is that he has come to put all things back together again. We want to see a world fixed. And this is what Jesus did when he lived out. He embodied something called the kingdom of God. He cast out demons. He healed the sick. Even, the, even nature obeyed his commands. And that's what we have as a kind of hope inside of us. If you ever allow yourself to just long and dream for a world where there's no racism, where there's no more birth defects, when there's no more refugees running around, no more homelessness. If you ever long for a world like that, then it might matter to you that Jesus didn't just come to sort of help have a little personal private moment of escape, but he came to put all things to rights. And the Bible says there's a day coming. Despite what it looks like right now, he kicked in a plan that's already working, and one day it comes to completion. And when it's done, guess what? There's no more crying, no more suffering, no more tears, no more death, no more dying, no more disease, no more divorce, no more depression, no more child abduction or family feuds. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus came to kick that plan into gear, and it's already happening, and we're invited to be part of it, some of it right now, but all of it one day. And friends, there are days when I watch the news that I, that's about all it gets me through. Despite what it looks like, God's at work redeeming this broken planet, and the hope is found in Jesus. That's a joy that we need in a broken world, and it's larger. Strange, huh? There's an angel in the house. I may not look like an angel to you, <laughs> but there's an angel in the house that needs to get word through to somebody who needs some joy today. And, and I want you to have a joy that's larger, but also a joy that's stronger. Everybody say stronger. Stronger. We need a joy that's strong, don't we? A joy that's not just kind of weak, like some of the versions of happiness that we too often settle for. Because so often what we do is we say, well, I, I, I want to be happy, but you know what? It kind of depends on how things are going. I want to be happy, but it kind of depends on my circumstances and my life, current situation, depending on how, whether I can feel this temporary emotion called happiness. And the problem with that is that it's fickle and weak. The problem with that is it's connected to a bunch of things we don't control. Like, you don't control the stock market, which 
tanked yesterday. You don't control the weather. You don't control what your boss thinks or says or does. You don't contra- control a lot of parts about your, your health or anything like that. So guess what? If you connect all of your joy to that stuff, A, you're not going to have it very often. And B, when you do, it's going to slip through your fingers in a hurry. What we need is a joy that's stronger than just circumstantial happiness. We need a joy that, that has a, a door that swings open to it, that we can move through, but the door doesn't swing open based on how happy we feel or how good our current situation is, but based on how faithful God is. Friends, that's strong. If your joy is connected to who God is and His faithfulness, now you've got a joy that's strong. Because then you don't have to worry about whether you've got enough money in the bank or who's running the country or whether the Ravens make the playoffs, big deal. Because joy doesn't depend on how things are going. Joy ultimately depends on who God is. That's a lot bigger. That's why Paul could say in 1 Thessalonians 5, be joyful always. It's like, what, always? Are you kidding me? All, how are you doing on being joyful always? If you're like Ben, not so good lately, then maybe it's because we need to hear an angel remind us that we need a joy that's strong. And if you're not so good at being joyful always in all circumstances, maybe it's because you're tethering your happiness to stuff you can't control rather than to a God that never changes. Be joyful always. That's a strong, strong joy. My friend Tim used to own a house in Philadelphia and it was, it was always damp in the basement and the backyard was always soft and mucky and he couldn't understand it finally one of the neighbors says didn't anyone tell you when you bought the house there's a subterranean river that runs beneath all the houses on this street and so even though it gets dry up on the surface the grass can be brown it can feel like a drought that river is still running underground that's why your basement's always wet got thinking that's exactly how joy works it's like a subterranean river that runs underneath your life so that no matter what's going, up, going on up top, what circumstances you're going through, whatever dryness and, and difficulty you're experiencing up on top, you've still got that river of joy that runs beneath you and you can still stay alive and green and good because you've got that river that's there. That's a strong kind of joy. That's not just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping that things go good in your life. You need that kind of joy. That's why the Bible can say crazy things like Psalm 30, verse 5, which says, Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Sometimes it's so dark that all you can do is cry in life, right? But when you have the joy of the Lord, you know the joy is going to break through. We, we kind of experienced a little of this uh, last summer when some of us went up Mount Kilimanjaro together. We did that. We climbed that mountain for those kids. And I haven't told you a lot about that trip from my own perspective, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing. That final night of the ascent was, was one of the worst nights of my life. It was tough. That many days being out, um, you know, at altitude, eating bad food or whatever, and, and then finally getting a couple hours of sleep and then waking up at midnight, putting on your cold gear, and then making that final ascent with these headlamps to the dark. It was very... I tell you, I got so dizzy. I think it was the headlamps and the, and the 15,000 feet altitude and just all of it, the nausea. I'm throwing up. It's not good. You, you kind of look up and you see them dragging someone else down the mountains, not making it. It's like, well, there's a pick-me-up. You know, it was, it, was a, it was a long, tough night. But I'll never forget what happened at 6 a.m. You know, we're staggering up that mountain. It's pitch black. I've been going all night. And somebody says, oh, look, 
So I steadied myself, my poles, and I kind of turned my head as best I could, and I looked. And behind us, we're up above the cloud line and up above the horizon. We looked down, and there's a little glimmer of the sun poking up. We all gasped. You'd think we'd never seen a sunrise in our lives, you know, just like all of a sudden hope rising. And just like, it was so much joy in that moment. I got my perspective, and I could actually see, and I, I stopped being dizzy. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's kind of what I think the Scripture is saying here. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I know that some of you are, no doubt, kind of in a long night right now. There's a difficult thing you're going through. You're, you're in a weeping place. It's hard. Some of you feel like you're trying to climb up a mountain that's in front of you. and you, you, you don't. It's just dark. There's some stuff you can't get that you want and some things that you have lost or I, I don't know. I just want to remind you that you, you can have and you need a joy that's strong. Man, Emmanuel, God is with us even in the darkness. Don't forget that, friends. And just like those angels came to shepherds on a dark night, there's some angels that are coming to you in your dark night right now to say there's good news, there's joy, and it's for you. And it's a strong kind of joy because it's not based on, on just everything being rosy, but it means that it's so strong it's going to break through the darkness. So you just hold on. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's a strong, strong kind of joy. That's why Nehemiah would say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, this, this is something I kind of saw in my friend Kathy. Kathy is always up for an adventure, so when we said, hey, you want to do Mount Kilimanjaro with us, she was like all in, right? She jumped right in. She got... Uh, right into shape. She trained hard. She was doing like 40 miles a week with us and running her business at the arena club with her husband Keith and running around to her son's sports games. Life was good, you know, looking forward to climbing up that mountain with us. But then she had to go get a physical and, and the physical kind of said, hey, come back and let's look at some stuff. And the next thing you know, it's a double mammogram and then some other stuff. And then she's finally, she's hearing words that nobody wants to hear. You've got cancer. So everything changes, right? She wouldn't be climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro with us at all. She has had a very different mountain now in front of her to climb called chemotherapy and immunotherapy and chemo treatments, cancer treatments. I watched Kathy very closely over the next several months. And, you know, on the surface of her life, it was pretty yucky. You know, poking those tubes in her and putting poison in her and the fatigue and the nausea the other physical symptoms and the worrying about her family and her sons and her business and all of that stuff. But every Friday, she'd go into treatments and she'd take a picture of herself. She'd put on some jesus t t-shirt and she'd just put a big old grin on her face. She'd snap a picture and send it to everybody she knew. Almost like she was announcing to the world, I'm going to fight back with joy. I watched her every single Friday. Still doing it. You couldn't tell looking at the pictures whether she's going to Disney World or chemo treatments. It's like, what's with this girl? I called her up. I'm like, Kathy, let's talk. I said, so things are going pretty bad for you. Yeah, I guess. So what's with all the smiling? She says, Ben, I've, I'm choosing joy. Joy is a choice, she says. Everyone can choose joy if you want. She says, I don't care what you're going through in life. You can choose joy or you can choose to be miserable. She says, I used to struggle with this a lot, but cancers helped me figure this out. I trust God. And so I've got to just give it to him one way or the other. I'm not in control anyway, so there's no reason not to choose joy. 
being unhappy and grumpy doesn't change anything. So why be miserable? It doesn't make any sense. Everybody gets to choose. I'm choosing joy. She goes on to say, cancer has taken a lot of things away from me. It took up that, took my hike up Kilimanjaro. It took my hair, my eyebrows, my eyelashes, my sense of taste, and a few other things. But it hasn't taken away my salvation, she said. It hasn't taken away my faith. It hasn't taken away my smile. And it won't take away my joy. In fact, she says, cancer's actually been, in a strange way, a kind of blessing because it's given me more than it's taken. It's given me a deeper connection with the Lord, a deeper love for my husband and my kids and my family, a new perspective on life, and an awareness that I can choose joy no matter what. And you know what? When this whole thing is over, however it ends, I'm never going back to the old me. No way. My friends, I I think that that angel is trying to get us to understand what I hope we don't have to get cancer to understand. That there is a joy that's so strong that not even cancer or chemo can kill it if you choose it, if you welcome it. And it's found not in your circumstances lining up. It's stronger than that. You can choose it and welcome it, and it comes from Christ. I I hope you get some joy that's larger and it's stronger. And also, this. let me leave you with this, that's, that's wider wider. What do we mean wide? Well, some of you are like, well, yeah, I, I, I want some joy. I, I think it's, I think it's um, great, uh, but I, I feel like joy is probably primarily for those people who, you know, the small little circle of people who are happy, the pleasant types, you know. But the rest of us slobs just have to, you know, struggle to get along. But no, the joy that comes from God is wide. Remember, the, remember what the angel said? Luke chapter 2, verse 10. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to whom? Hello. Can you guys read? All people. All people. That's wide. That's pretty wide. That means you. That means me. You're aware, aren't you, that this good news was announced to shepherds and that shepherds were kind of the scuzzballs of the ancient world? You know that, right? Like they were, like they had too much dirt and dung and death on their hands. They weren't even allowed to go to the temple. They, they couldn't testify in a court of law because people didn't trust them. They thought they were liars and cheats. These hoodlums, hit, hit, these, these hillbillies out in the hicks, the, these guys are the one. The angels did not show up to the People's Choice Awards. Didn't show up on the, on the White House lawn to make the announcement or go to people with all the likes on Instagram. You know what? They went to the losers, epic fail people like us to say, good news of great joy for all y'all, all people. Friends, this is wide enough. It's for you. There's good news of great joy. You can have this joy. And I'll tell you why this is really good news. Because you've got a problem you can't fix. Some of you aren't going to like what I'm about to say. But you've got a sin problem that you can't fix. You've got an alienation from God due to the rebellious sort of nature of all of our hearts And you can't fix that problem on your own. You've also, by the way, got a death problem you can't fix. If you've ever had a moment of quiet to think about it, let that haunt you for a while. Like when you croak, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. If our greatest need had been for more information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need would have been for a better government, he would have sent us a politician. If our greatest need would have been for, you know, entertainment, he would have sent us a stand-up comic. Our greatest need was for getting right with God. 
and for being forgiven and for being loved and brought back into reunion with the one that we have alienated ourselves from. Our greatest need was to overcome death so that when you die, we can live forever. And the good news of great joy is for all people is that to you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And you can have that joy. You're meant to be circled in on that. That's really good news. This is really good news. It's so wide. You know who it's for? It's for everyone. This is for everyone. This is for, th- this is for frat boys and girls gone wild. <laughs> this joy is for people who grew up going to Sunday school every day of their life and those who've never darkened the doors of a church. This, this Christ kind of joy is for, is for everyone. And when I say that, I mean it's for those with special needs and those who are victims of rape. It's for... It's for hell's angels and gang members and, and, and kids with two dads and those who are counting their days clean and sober. It's for refugees and immigrants and firefighters and farmers and truck drivers and, and meth dealers and those who run tattoo parlors. It's for single moms and rednecks and seminary graduates and those who, who, who have secrets in their lives and those, those who are stagnant in their faith. It's for politicians. Who, who's this for? It's wide, y'all. This is a joy that's for everyone. It's for, it's for those who will spend their, their Christmas in jail. It's for families who are falling apart. It's for families that are acting like they got it all together. It's for, it's for singles who so badly wish they could be married. It's for marrieds who wish they could be single. It's for young and old and black and white and Asian and Latino and Indian and and. For those who have their PhD and those who are struggling to get their GEDs, it's for those who go to work in business suits and those who stay home in yoga pants. It's for people who may wear the label of atheist or agnostic or Baptist or Hindu or Muslim or Lutheran or Catholic. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. The good news of great joy is that Jesus has landed. He has brought something that we cannot bring to ourselves. It is good news of great joy for all people. To you is born a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Friends, that's a joy that's large. That's a joy that is strong. And that is a joy that is for you. And I hope that you have it this Christmas. Let me leave you with this. Maybe the best thing that could happen for some of us this Christmas would be that you would walk out of here being able to say, you know, not that the best thing that happened at Christmas was you got some new gadget under the tree or, you know, you got to see family you haven't seen. That's great. But that you would be able to say, you know, after it's been a little of a rough spell in my life, I've got my joy back. I'm getting my joy back. I can feel those subterranean waters moving again. I hope you get your joy back. Let me pray for us. Lord, we, we invite you to look inside of us to the deep places where we really need your joy the most. And we ask for your help to open our hearts and our lives to welcome Jesus as our Lord and Savior, help us to trust Him. Help us to stop complaining and criticizing and coveting what other people have because all that just chases out joy. Help us to surrender to You those things that we're using as excuses why we can't experience joy. 
and give us joy, Lord, where we feel most discouraged or defeated. And help us to just put aside those things that distract us from pursuing you, our ultimate source of joy. Give us our joy back, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you see baby James? I'm going to get that pacifier back in there. Come on, James. Oh, no. Okay, we don't need it. James is dressed in a beautiful Minnesota checkered shirt. Am I boring you? Babies are awesome, aren't they? They're so cute and beautiful, and they bring joy. There is no baby that brings more joy than the one we're here to celebrate this day. And that is Jesus Christ. It's amazing to, to realize that God of the universe came among us as one of these, compressed into human flesh. And then he lived the life we ought to have lived. And then he died the death we ought to have died so that we could have joy, not just in this life, but for all eternity. Each week we've been lighting these candles as a way of anticipating this day when finally we get to take and light this central Christ candle. The white candle that represents the coming of Jesus as our light and our joy into the world. In a moment, we're going to pass that light from that central candle around the room through our candles. You probably have an unlit candle in your hand, and when it comes to you today, can you just appreciate the symbolism of this, that God sent light into the world so that you could have his joy? So when you put your candle out to receive that flame, could you do more than maybe just receive? Oh, 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 oh. oh, 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 oh. Should have put the plug in. There we go. Have a little joy, buddy. When the candle comes to you, Receive a flame, but do more than that. I invite you to make it a prayer where you just say, Jesus, give me your joy. As your candle is lit, receive joy way down deep in your soul. Let's sing Silent Night together as we pass these, these candles. Thank you, James.
It's always a very pretty sight, isn't it? And then you consider just how pitch black the room was just a moment ago and how now it is lit up. It's a great symbol and reminder for us of how God may be, in fact, counting on you to bring light and joy into some dark corner. The world is plenty dark and is plenty joyless. Maybe we should leave here being joy bringers as well. Merry Christmas. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful for Jesus Christ and thank you for sending him as the light of the world. We ask you to burn away the impurities inside of us by the power of your loving forgiveness and then help us to spread your light and joy wherever you send us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can blow out your candle.